everybody, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. My name is Pastor Matt, and I'm here with Pastor Jamal. Yo. And Pastor Todd. Good morning. And it's actually morning this time when we're doing our morning recap. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Hopefully, maybe, hopefully you listen to it Monday morning. Is it post that fast? I think so. So <laughs> uh, glad that you're joining us here today. And it is March Missions Madness this whole month at our church. So really excited about that. Want to know, because this Sunday night, it is now this week, you guys are going head to head in this hot wing eating contest are you prepared are you preparing i wouldn't call it head to head no it's not like a competition it's not we're not competing against each other we're competing against the wings that's been the (laughs) main thing you know what you're right yeah Yeah, because it's the the heat of the the wings really that is going to be you know the thing that that's going to kick my butt yeah (laughs) kick my butt you know so um so yeah no i think um from my perspective you know uh, we're in it together, you know, trying to make it to the end and try to raise some money for missions. And uh, the only thing stopping us is acidity, the heat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been I've been practicing. Uh, I've been eating hot sauce on everything, like salad, eggs, and you know whatever we have. I've been trying to put hot sauce on it. And uh, the other day I was eating, <laughs> I was eating something, and it's just like. You're like really, really sweating. (laughs) And I'm like, listen, it's not that hot. (laughs) She's like, and then she like reached over and like, like you could, yeah, yeah, Yeah. squeaky sound on my forehead from the sweat or whatever. So I went and looked it up and that sauce was actually a a Carolina Reaper sauce. So, which is, which is like a 2000. Now, granted, this is like a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a cheaper sauce, so I don't think it's necessarily as it's hot. Yeah, okay. But when I looked at the ingredients, ingredient number two was the Carolina Reaper mash. All right, so okay. where they mashed it all up. So all I'm right. feeling like I'm feeling like I handled it okay. And when oh, I looked good. it up online, that was like it was like a two million pepper. Was it? It was a pretty hot Jeez. pepper. Okay, I don't nice. know if it was the full two million, but it was all pretty right, yeah, hot. Yeah. And I think so, you're actually alluding to something that I actually have recently kind of become a little bit more concerned about is the different ingredients how they come together what the blends are and whether or not certain things dilute the mm. heat and the acidity so i mean we haven't cracked open the sauces we've left them in the boxes we left them in surprise. the bottles let it be a yeah let it be a surprise wow, so we haven't okay. we haven't tested these these out to find out what they're like we may regret that <laughs> it might be it might be a poor choice but um you know i've been thinking like now okay some of these might have some things that dilute or enhance enhance <laughs> the potency of what's going on. So yeah. it really is kind of like a, a you know brown paper bag, like blind, you know, going yeah. into it. Honestly, I'm excited and I'm nervous. And Steph is making fun of me and saying she's gonna kill me if I if I make myself sick eating these. Mm-hmm. So it is really gonna be um, it's gonna be an interesting experience here. Yeah, I think I might the, take Monday off. <laughs> well, I might take Monday off might be we good. Have the Tuesday morning. Reach. Yeah, I think that. Um, How are you guys? <laughs> think that. I mean, yeah, I think I'm. I'm. I don't know. I'm just going into a blind. I think the thing I'm most proud about is seeing the different people, the students, really. I guess that have signed up and like, um, to to support. You know, speed the light. But then also seeing some of our students who have come through Children's Church, who are you know still tethered they're like i gotta support pastor todd so they've supported both pastor todd yeah. and myself that's been i think those those uh, i am let me be very clear i'm very grateful for everyone who has signed up to support i think i'm just especially grateful for the kids who have made the effort to support both yeah that's you cool. know like at bgmc and speed the light which is just i think that that is a testament of you know um them really capturing the heart of missions and understanding what's at stake and and wanting to see us suffer so i think those all and i'm not gonna lie i was looking through your sign up sheet in the youth room and i'm like there's so many teens who signed up for pastor jamal that's not fair kids don't have jobs (laughs) (laughs) but then i did see there's a bunch who supported me there's some who really wished me luck like please don't die yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) it was great i had mentioned in second service but like i was talking to joy jicka in between services and then uh Pastor Jamal's like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm like not trying to interrupt, but, you know, Miss Joy, are you going to be there? She's like, yeah. Oh, you know, I, it's going to be great. He's like, you were like, no, no, no. Like, I mean, for like health reasons, like, I think we want like a nurse. Or, like, yeah, right. I just thought that that would <laughs> be a like, smart oh, okay. thing to do just to make sure that we have, you know, a nurse on 
deck in case things go <laughs> left. Uh, and, and and Pastor Jeff did mention that he's thinking about putting down a tarp in case one of us decides to puke. Oh, but uh, can we just, just I'm going to try not to. I'm going to try not to. I'm going to try not to, too. But um, Honestly, who wants to do that in front of people? And then who wants to do that? live stream well i'm thinking i'm thinking too like if it starts to come up and i just swallow it back down i'm just recoating my stomach you know so that i can like go back go you know go for the next wing at least that's my thought yeah and my thought is i'm gonna have a lot of milk up there too mm. so yeah but milk can make you i know i yeah, know you yeah, drink you too much careful. milk and it's careful. like oh okay yeah okay. i made kids do that one time okay. i won't do it again drink a lot of milk and they went home <laughs> so we're not gonna do that but but i'm excited and i'm excited that um i'm excited that the kids are excited about it too because even um it just it, it does the heart good when you see kids excited about participating or raising the money so and that is that's the motivation right like when you know that that's yeah that's great it's gonna be a great night it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah yeah i hope so man Oops! I already have people who have bought matching T-shirts for BGMC. They're going to be there and supporting, talking about banners and balloons and stuff. I'm going to need that. Do it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's that. a good. Wait, now that we're sorry. Last thing about this is maybe we should get a little, uh, just like a little background ambient, like like a little beat, like a, or something like just to add to some of the uh, some atmosphere. Maybe I don't know. So what? Uh, all I know is my daughter had to do a loop for school. So maybe we can just loop the loop. Yeah, <laughs> Elizabeth is turning into a little bit of a bad. little bit of bad. a producer. She got to get a producer name though. That's the thing. You start making music and DJ you know, Biz. Yeah, you got to get you got to get a producer. You got to get a you know a, a little name that you put your a little moniker that you put your music out under. You know. Let's talk about the sermon for a little bit. And uh, again, this whole month being an emphasis on missions, which is really great. Our church loves missions. And I got to say, you know, I thought Pastor Jeff's message was great. The content, of course, I thought was great. But also, I feel that it was clear his passion really came through, too. And when you just listen to somebody preach from their passion, I feel like you get excited. And there's no way to not get behind that person. That's how I feel. So I really enjoyed it. And um you know, not just enjoyed it. I, I love what he was talking about and how he's how he was challenging our church. And so, um, you know, he talked about turning the world upside down. It's this passage in Acts seventeen six. I had a little bit of the Hamilton feel there. Isn't that one of the songs they do? World turned upside down. Oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you're right. So oh my felt, gosh, yeah, wow. yeah. I didn't even think of that. A little bit like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the theater people are excited that you made that reference. Right. Hey, <laughs> so I actually love this chapter of the Bible. Um, but anyway, a whole conversation about it. But so, yeah, it, and he it was cool. He said how it was meant as an accusation, but really it was a compliment. And like, what if you know that could be said of our church and again, how much money and uh, resources and prayer and personnel, would, if you will, <laughs> have come from this church from the cause of missions, which is so, so cool. And we could probably we could probably do this later, this statistics thing, actually, or maybe we could do it next time. But in the bulletin when you came in. Uh, there were some uh, mission statistics, which were really cool, though, which talks about some of the amazing things that have happened, but also, you know, some of the huge need. But so Pastor Jeff in his message said, you know, God first shakes us up and then uses us to shake our world and talked about lots of different people throughout the Bible where that's happened. Abraham, Esther, Daniel. Uh, but then he talked about how he did. That's what Jesus did with his disciples. And they saw um, they were spectators to his ministry but then they became missionaries. And when it says that Jesus, you know, he saw the crowds, he had compassion, and then he had sent the disciples out in chapter 10, that's kind of the heart of Pastor Jeff's message. So based off what his, you know, insights were to this passage, what he was pulling out is where I had based some questions for you guys. want to kind of just, you know, pick your brain and your hearts actually a little bit here because I think that's just valuable to hear. So in the first one, you know, talking about how, Jesus was seeing the crowds and he said, you know, sometimes we have to go beyond seeing and see deeper or or look Mm -hmm. or, you know, however you would say that. But, you know, we can see something, we can look at something, but are we really seeing it? And he was challenging us, you know, that's what Jesus did and his example, right? Like, uh, oh, the waiter forgot to add something. I can be like, oh, it's a blessing from God. Or I could, no, hold on a second. Am I seeing the need? Is this a test, maybe a test from God if if I'm going to have integrity or... 
like uh, the missionary shared yesterday who did a great job talking about um, children who have grown up in prisons. Like, so, you know, the attitude towards them is like, oh, well, that's who they are. They're the prison kids. And it's like, no, God sees them. They're made in his image. And so Pastor Jeff, you know, had a list. Oh, if, uh, you know, the person who pumps your gas, the barista who hands you coffee, when you get your stuff dry cleaned, the waiter, your coworker, of course, your neighbor, these are all great examples. And we could talk more about those if you guys want. But I wanted to ask, too, you know, who might be some people who are difficult for us to see? Where might we need to look beyond a little more for us? And I'm just saying that because I think it's easy to think of a third world country or you think of kids growing up in a prison and mm-hmm. you go, oh, oh, they are valuable in God's image. And 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 I wouldn't disagree. But so who might be some of the people that it would be a little harder for us? I mean, us in the circle or just, you know, Christians in America. Yeah. Um, boy, I'm trying to think now because I have something in my head. I'm just trying to, like, put it in the words here. I, I think it's hard sometimes when I see people who aren't very self-aware. You know what I mean? And they just do things and they don't care how it affects other people. Like, that, for me, is hard to see beyond that. Like, man, they're so arrogant. <laughs> or they're so obnoxious. It's hard for me to see beyond that to say, hey, here's a person who needs, you know, Christ as much. So, I mean, that's the first one that pops in my head is that sometimes it's really hard for me when when people are just, they don't care what others think about them. Like, not in a positive way, but like, like I'll just tell you what I think all the time. And yeah. if you disagree with me, you're wrong and all that. And that's, that's hard sometimes because it brushes my personality wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's real easy for me to forget about their need for Christ. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it depends on who you are. Yeah, I think it really just kind of lands within your personality, maybe even the scope of the people who are in your circle. Like, if your circle of people isn't like a kind of like a smattering or a myriad of people, you know, from different walks of life, then I think it is hard for you to see a lot of different things. Uh, but it is also kind of like you know, depending on what your circle is built like, kind of maybe the antithesis of your circle, maybe the group of people that is um, hard for you to kind of see or, you know, um, visualize as a, as being image bearers and people who need who need to hear the gospel, who deserve to hear the gospel. And so um, I don't know. I, I, I think if you're asking, I think if you're asking, an individual you can get a a certain answer if you're asking the church you can get kind of some generalized answers you know in regards to you know people of today's culture um you know people with uh different you know sexual orientations you know different political beliefs you know you get all that stuff and now it gets funky at that point because oh it gets funky at that point because um there's a lot of tension with a lot of those specific type of groups of people right now in the church. And so, um, yeah, that's a whole, I feel like that's a whole nother podcast for another day, I guess. I was going to say, just throw one more thing there. I'm a guy who loves justice. So when I see that justice isn't served, sometimes it's hard for me to see past the person who's done this, who's done the wrong Mm. to be like, you know, even though they're wrong, or they've wronged somebody, they're still in need of Jesus just as much as like the victim is or somebody else is. Yeah. So that's another thing that for me personally can be really hard is I'm like, come on, you know, and that even comes out even when movies and stuff that I watch, like I like it to be like, you get what you deserve, you know, and that's actually the anti-gospel, I guess, to mm. a certain degree. So, so that's hard for me sometimes to look behind, beyond that to seeing the need behind the person too. Yeah, yeah. those are some good examples and some good thoughts. And you're right, person to person, <coughs> right? What's going to mm-hmm. mess with your personality a little more? Um, and you gave some good examples. So actually, I'm going to skip down really quick because I feel like this is connected. Towards the end, you know, what, what Jesus says and then Pastor Jeff's sermon, uh, of course, he went here, you know, that we need to pray um, because of the need, because of seeing the crowds, feeling compassion, knowing their condition, all these things. 
And so, okay, what is what does he say uh, that we need to pray? But what does he say we need to pray for again? Do you remember? Or you can look at the passage. It's in Matthew the, nine. Who, oh, the, for that. Um, it's that not a trick question, I'm, yeah, but I want to highlight it. Yeah, praise that you know people will be sent right into the hearts. Yes. Yeah. Right. yes, that's actually one of my favorite verses, and that's one of the verses that, uh, as I felt called into ministry, it was that he looked in the field, saw that they were um, ready to be harvested. Pray that God would send the workers, you know, and then my heart was, well, I want to be that worker, <laughs> you know. So yeah. that's like one of my favorite verses when it comes to like being called or whatever, but. That's cool. And actually, that's what I wanted to ask. How does that understanding change how, you know, I will pray? How does that understanding change how I live? That that's specific what I need to pray. We need to pray for their salvation. But in this passage, Jesus is not saying pray that they would be saved. Pray that, you know, they understand. He's saying pray that there would be workers sent into the harvest. So how does that understanding change how I pray, how I live? Yeah, I, I think for me, part of my prayer was I wanted to be that person called to go. You know what I mean? N- maybe not, like, I I wouldn't do well in another country because <laughs> I've come to like uh, modern conveniences that we have in the U.S., but, but the idea of that there are people within my influence that God was calling me to go to, and I wanted to be one of those ones. God, I pray that those are called, but God, I also want to be one of those called to do those things. You know, like I want to hear your call to, and I don't want to be, um, I don't want to miss out on how you could use me. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think what your what your question that you're asking, Pastor Matt, is, um, you know, what's our what's our role in response to uh, this passage of scripture and just how. We're supposed to, you know, I, I guess ultimately when I read that passage of scripture, if I'm a believer, like if I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm reading this passage of scripture, it seems to imply that I am to be sent. Like it's not enough to be uh, for me to be reconciled to Jesus alone. I am also called to be sent. Right. Um, so I think that the proper response is. uh you know, like Isaiah prays, you know, Isaiah says, you know, send me, um, you know, that's, I think that's the right. proper response is to say, okay, send me, send me to where, you know, um, where I need to be. And maybe for some of us where we need to be is directly tied to kind of like our passions. You know, for some of us, we have natural leanings and natural passions and natural, let's say natural, maybe God given is a better word. We have God given, um, ability to see things that other people can't see to see things that other people don't see and because of that maybe that is where we're called to be sent you know and so you know if you have in you a desire and a um a god-given kind of just a god-given burden maybe is a good word to 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 be near a certain group of people so that they can hear the gospel maybe that is your sent that is your sending point you know something to think about, I guess, when you're talking about uh, this particular passage. Uh, and, and something else to keep in mind, though, is maybe maybe there are people who don't fit within your passion. And I think even within that, we're being called to, like, maybe maybe you struggle with dealing with people with who are struggling with your sexuality, you know, since that is such a hot topic or whatever, you know, but can we not pray god i know these i know this particular group of people need you would you send somebody like i i, I don't necessarily feel called for it, but god i know normally i would look at them and be like oh they you know disgusting cuz they're different from me but but they need you so god send somebody to them that would preach the gospel so that they can experience repentance too you know like i think it's a, not just about our passions or like i talked about my call but i think it's also recognizing the need for others to receive Christ who maybe are outside our comfort zone and be praying that they too would hear the good news, you know? Yeah, that's great. Uh, all of that. And uh, that's what I was thinking part of it as well. It's like, um, you know, right. Some of it is what are our passions or gifts, God given gifts, the, the things that we see in the world. Also, I guess I'm saying too, like, I think that Jesus 
sees us as part of the solution. So we could pray, God, help these people come to faith because they're so far. They're so far from you, Lord. And and we should pray that because that's true. Uh, their salvation. But part of that prayer is understanding that I have a role. And I like a sentence that I read by N.T. Wright actually about the pandemic. But he said what Christians throughout history have always understood is that if God was going to move, God's going to move through them. And that's a little of the angle that I'm, that I think you guys are highlighting that I was thinking as well. Yeah. And I guess part of what I meant to about like praying for them is like, because of the fact that I guess, cause the, the idea of we're talking about seeing, not just seeing, but yes. looking Yeah, yeah. and you can see somebody and be like, ugh, you know, but look at those sinners, look at those sinners and just have that heart. But then you can also have an aspect of, look at them, Jesus, they need someone to reach them and change them as opposed to just being turned off by somebody's sin. Yes. But, but praying out of heart of compassion, wanting yes. them to, you know, experience freedom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so even you guys saying that, so then I want to go back up a little, cause I wanted to, again, pick your brain, but your heart's a little bit too. Talking about that, uh, you know, Jesus, he saw the crowds and yeah, not just looking, but seeing, or, you know, have you phrased that seeing, seeing deeper, seeing beyond, and then feeling compassion. Jesus felt compassion for them. And again, Pastor Jeff highlighted the word there is for your bowels. Like, so we would maybe now say, Oh, I feel it in my heart. But he was like, it's like your gut, like inside of you, like, you know, that motivation, um, and that just that burden for another person for, or for a cause or whatever. And so, I guess I had a couple layers of questions. Um, yeah, let me ask it in the order that I actually have it. So for why, I, I don't know if you were thinking this way. I'm thinking, one, why might that be hard or could we maybe be afraid of that? Like, do you feel when somebody could hear that could be like, oh, I don't want to feel that way. But like compassion, you mean? or Not compassion. Like, I don't think anyone would say, I don't want to have compassion. But like that burden that moves you, like maybe... Maybe I'm off, actually. Maybe I'm not right. I was just thinking maybe like, oh, what if I'm comfortable and I'm afraid? I'm afraid that God put something on my heart. You said comfortable. I think that's the, the issue. Well, and, and, and fear. And fear. Because sometimes like, well, well, maybe I won't know what to say. Or maybe, you know, like I, I'm not equipped for that. Or, or what if what if it's so foreign mm-hmm. to me? Or the burden is too big. Or what if I discover mm-hmm. that they're... They're just people like me, mm. you know, it's like sometimes, and I guess that goes with the comfort because sometimes it's easier, honestly and truly when we categorize people as either same as us or other. And sometimes when we categorize people as other, it's hard to find the ways that we're the same. Okay. That's really good. And actually the young adults are doing the book of Jonah right now. And that's exactly the case with Jonah is, is yeah, he, it's hard for him to have a burden for these people that God has a burden for because they're other to him. Yeah. And, 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 and I think sometimes with the other, cause I I do think it kind of relates to this is then they become, uh, I don't want to use the word enemy adversary. Okay. You know, and instead of viewing them as, okay, they are, maybe their experiences are different, but on this, on one level, we're both in need of grace. You know, I know Jonah, Jonah felt like the people of Nineveh was his adversary. So he wanted them talking about justice. I like that. He wanted them to receive justice, Yeah, you know, from God, but then to realize that, Hey, maybe they're not as different from me as I thought. And they're in need of just like, I, you know, just like in my head, I have it set up. Well, they just need Jesus. Well, I just need Jesus. And I may not want to discover that about myself by, do you know what I mean? Like sometimes it's that fear of realizing that maybe the things you've held on to, um, maybe at the core, they're people just like you and you're more similar than you thought you were. Yeah. I think, right. Again, this one feels a little bit like it, you know, can change depending on, you know, how you, you know, see the world and, you know, I guess how you've lived your experience, but, my couple first immediate thoughts is, you know, you know, I think about we're talking about you guys mentioned Jonah. The thing about Jonah I always thought was interesting was that, you know, later he confesses that he knew God w- 
would relent from, you know, sending calamity and would show them grace and mercy. And that's something he did not want for them. So some of that feels a little bit, at least from my perspective, that he's got deeper like issues that, you know, have to be worked out. And I think when that sometimes becomes a wall between us and other people hearing the gospel, um, yeah, it would behoove us to allow the gospel to maybe impact our hearts just a little bit deeper so that we have a greater understanding of who God is and what this entire thing is about. It's about the whole world, you know, hearing the the gospel and coming to relationship with Jesus Christ. And then the other thing that comes to my mind is, yeah, like some people, it may be hard for them because, yeah, they could be afraid. It could be hard for them because, you know, they could see that maybe the burden is being too great and maybe they don't feel as though they couldn't move the needle in any way shape or form and so sometimes if you have that perspective that you don't feel like you could move the needle you're like well why even try you know like there's what what can i do what can i add um to see uh, some sort of change happen in people's life but that's a whole nother i feel like that's also a whole nother conversation because ultimately like if you're in it to try to because you want to see change because you want to see the results sometimes you'll be you'll find yourself greatly disappointed because sometimes you don't see the results sometimes it's just the planting of seeds and you know the the illumination of pathways for people to find Jesus as opposed to being there present when they actually do um and that may sometimes you know play into some of that but and that maybe just be selfishness maybe I don't know a little bit of selfishness is like going back to the idea of being comfortable too like that may also be like a a lane of selfishness. I, I'm just saying all of these things because I feel like it could be a mul- it could be a multitude of different things. Like it could be this, it could be this, it could be this, it could be that. And I guess the greatest thing you can do is maybe sit before the Lord and ask yourself the question, why? Why is there this hitch when it comes to this thing that God has called us to do as believers? And yeah, I mean, so I want to get some of your thoughts on on what it is for you guys because because you know i i think the those things seeing results seeing whatever that helps motivate you but like you said that's not always going to happen sometimes it's just planting a seed and so that burden or motivation has to be deeper than just like some kind of external sign i can hopefully those things happen i mean that 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 will continue to encourage us but that motivation and burden has to be deeper so you know I wanted to ask you guys, because I think it's great for everyone listening. Can you either describe a time that, uh, you know, where you've experienced that kind of burden? Or I feel more accurately as, you know, you know, kids pastor, youth pastor, people in ministry. You know, what is your burden or what is that motivation, that deep seated motivation for you guys, um, for people? Uh, I think for myself, I almost have like two veins along that answer. I think the first one is. You know, with working with kids, like, um, it would be bad if I said I didn't have that burden for kids. Uh, And and I do. Like, uh, I feel like like giving them that experience of of Jesus at an early age and trying to help them understand that it's not always just the right answer. uh, uh, You know, and seeing how what takes place in some of those younger years affect kids for the rest of their lives, you know, sometimes. So... So I, I, you know, I do have a burden for that. I, um, and also for, you know, with the counseling stuff is, is when I see people who are struggling and suffering and, um, that's another thing that I have a burden. Like I want to be able to help and I don't always know how to do that. So, you know, it's the whole point of taking the counseling classes, but, but yeah, for, for people who are struggling and, and who are trying and hurting and, so those are two of the things I have. But I also see your question is, do you persistently have that burden? Uh, or consistently? Uh, I'll be honest. There's times where, like, I don't want to be bothered, you know, uh, and completely I'm tired. I'm I'm into my own head. I'm, uh, I'm careful how I say this, but um, sometimes when you – certain kids are, are harder than other kids, and sometimes you're like, ugh. Uh, so do I consistently have that? I don't know that I always have that feeling. Uh, but but I guess it needs to go beyond feelings. You know, I don't know how else to say it. 
you know, there are times where honestly I'm tired and on this, on any given day, I'm like, oh, boy, I'm just not feeling this today. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? And it could be for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, but, but ultimately like, you know, I can't depend upon that feeling cause feelings come and go, you yeah. know? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm in agreement. Yeah, I do. I feel I would say that I do have a, a burden for youth ministry, uh, for teenagers. I think it's like one of those things in my heart that like, man, I just, I remember what it was like for me, um, coming to faith at 12 years old and just those years were so formative for me and I look back on that time and I say man like I want to impact students I, I understand you just re- I don't know for me I just remember that period of time and the things that I was going through and just what I needed and what I hoped for and so I still just have a a burden and desire to see teenagers um discover and live out their god-given purpose I just that just I don't know that that's just a thing in me. Um, I have a burden for, um, I have a burden for, um, the local church, man, a church where you can see their impact in a community in, in the most tangible of ways, like, um, reaching out to single moms in the, in the neighborhood, um, making sure that kids in the neighborhood have things that they need for, school when the school year starts up um understanding that like in a community that a church could be truly a guiding light in the midst of darkness um to where people recognize the you know the people who work there they recognize the different things that that church has done within the community like those things i have like a burden and a passion for um yeah, and it just like it, it, and I know it's a burden because I'm always thinking in those realms, in those lanes, all the time, every day. Like it never stops for me, and I don't know how to explain that except for that's just what it is. So oftentimes, when I see things, my mind is immediately moving in like multiple different directions about how it can function like this, how it can function like this, and how it can take shape like this, and how it can take shape like that. And, um. So yeah, I guess you know. Sure, I do definitely have a burden. Um, yeah, mm. yeah, that's great. And and actually, I like what you said too—that you're always thinking about it. Because <coughs> that was another question I had: is if you are somebody, I feel like more likely, you know, y- you could be listening or heard Pastor Jeff's message and been a little like, "Oh, I'm afraid of that." But I think more likely, you're like, "That's great," but you may not be sure how to identify that. And so I love that you said that. It's something that you're always thinking about. And, um, <clears throat> you know, yeah, again, I feel similarly like, and I think since I've been young, I've always had a burden for people who don't know God. That's just been important to me. And like, as a child, like understanding, like, okay, if you don't know God, like you're going to go to hell. Like I just, okay, well, what about my friends then? Like, they're not Christian. They don't know God. And I've always just had that like burden, which I feel like every Christian does or should at least. But I mean, that's how I feel. And, um, you know, it was cool. What I was going to say, too, I think what's cool when you're around somebody who has a strong passion or a strong burden, hopefully it inspires you further in in mm-hmm. your own. I was sharing with somebody the other day that my first overseas aim trip was to Costa Rica. And uh, the missionary helped me because, you know, he's as Tim Nicole Strange and he was like loves being out in the jungle like with indigenous people you got to travel a few hours on a canoe on a banana truck like to get out there right so we didn't go that far out but i was like you know that doesn't sound fun to me at all. but he was like that's okay he's like you need to find where god has placed you and what happened on that trip for me is i loved that trip and i was like every single moment of this trip has been eternal like i know god has used me and used our team but what it did was it lit more of a fire in me to like come back. I'm like, well, I got a youth group in Long Branch, New Jersey. Some of those kids have some broken homes. Like a lot of times I ha- I struggled with self-confidence and stuff. And I was like, wait a minute, you know what, God, like I'm the guy that's there. So mm-hmm. let's go. And I had a burden for my students, you know, there. So I think that's cool. Like you don't have to be intimidated by somebody else's uh, motivation or vision or something that it can 
be motivation for where God has placed you. And I'd say the other thing, w- kind of what you were just talking about, Pastor Jamal, about the church making a difference in the community, uh, making a tangible impact, that is important to me as well. You know, I think our church has done an incredible job with missions and global missions. And I think that the soil is fertile for what else we can be doing around here, which is so cool about um, all of our life groups, you know, that are uh, doing different projects right now. I'm kind of like checking in with all of them. So I've got about half of them. I kind of know what they're doing now, which is that's one of the reasons like I'm thinking about that constantly because it's like, yeah, like, you know, that's that's a burden for me. So. And uh, I, th- I think we hit a little bit of it, but did you have any other thoughts on what would you say to somebody who feels like maybe I haven't discovered that or, man, that's so cool, Pastor Jamal, wow, you really care about teenagers. I, I, uh, I'm i not sure, you know, I just want God to do whatever he wants to do in my life, you know. Uh, what would you say? What would you say to potentially that person? I think sometimes we think that a calling is this big thing. And I think sometimes we just have to look within the areas that we have contact with people already and say, okay, I I may never be a preacher. I never, may never stand up and that's in front of a congregation and preach. And, and maybe that sounds exciting or whatever, but like you said, when you came back from the mission trip, there are people that you do have contact with. And, and I think you start kind of praying for those people and saying, God, give me some, the right words to say to them. Um, help me to be an influence to them. Help me to be a light to them. And I, I think sometimes uh, we think about prayer as being this thing that changes other outside circumstances. But I think maybe if you start praying these things consistently, that it can start to stir something within our own hearts towards those people we have contact with that where we can be excited about being a light to them, you know? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I think too, just, um, focusing on what God has told you to do. I feel that helps as well. And so, you know, serving at your local church, you know, being in a group, being consistent and, and being there on Sundays, Hey, are you tithing? Are you giving towards missions? You know, these are spiritual disciplines that I believe if you are following them, God will unlock more inside of you. And so if you find yourself asking that question, but maybe you don't come to church so often, or maybe you're very, you're here every Sunday, but you're not part of anything. You don't give back in any sort of way, you know, whatever the fill in the blank. If you notice there's kind of a blank spot in your spiritual disciplines, you know, maybe you're not reading your Bible at all or whatever. Yeah, you're like you said, praying. W- start to fill some of those in, and I think then God starts to unlock those things in your heart. You'll find him doing that. And I think, honestly, God has probably placed you someplace where he would like to use you. Yeah, and I really believe that, too. Whether that be work, whether that be your family, whether that be your neighborhood. So I think sometimes, I, I think sometimes we make it real mystical, like we have to yes. discover the burden. But maybe God's put you somewhere and, and through praying for some of these things, it's it's kind of like going back to his point. Maybe you see the people around you, but as you start praying these things, you start to really like look at those things around you and look at the needs around you um, that maybe before you didn't notice, you know, uh, and that alone can be a supernatural thing that doesn't have to be like a a weird big thing of like, okay, God... I want you to use me. Call me to go be a missionary. Call me to go do this. You know, not saying that God doesn't call people that way, but sometimes we 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 hype those things up into these big things. But God's already placed you somewhere He would like to use you. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, that's another verse in Acts seventeen. Acts seventeen twenty six says that God had determined the exact times and places where they should live. And so you're right. Wherever you find yourself right now is where God has you. And Maybe it's not a permanent assignment, but right, we get so caught up with, well, what's the next one? Or where am I going to be for the next 20 years? And just where, right now, you know, where God has put you. Yeah, I think, though, not to, I don't want to minimize those big things because some people do hear from God in those moments and like they are thinking in that span and then they are wired that way. I think that there's a weight, there's a, there's a balance, I believe, in, in all of it. And I think you definitely need to serve in the, 
right now in front of you, but I believe that some people are wired where you got to ask the big, you know, I dare you to ask the big question. I dare you to ask for the big thing, like, and say, all right, God, what is the, what's the, what is my, 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 my main purpose, like, in the scope of my life? Some people, some people, I think, are wired that way and sometimes have to ask that question and, and are fearful to ask that question because it is, again, such a big thing. But I think you sometimes have to step out on that. Like, and you hear those messages sometimes about, like, stepping out of the boat, right? Like, and, wa- and being bold enough to kind of, like, go to Jesus where he's out in the water, like, in the impossible. Some people do dream that way. And I think that, yeah, you got to sometimes also, like, if you know that you're wired that way, man, go for it, man. Ask God. It's like, God, what's the impossible that you're asking me to do? Like, and yeah. see what, see what, you know. He drops in your heart and in your life. Yeah, I guess I'm just thinking about, too, like part of it is I know people who feel like, oh, I'm called to ministry, called to ministry, but you never see them active in ministry mm-hmm. on on the local level. It's always the next big life, thing. Even. Yeah, in the personal life. That's what, and that's what I meant. And, um, and I think sometimes the way God works, too, is like if you're faithful in taking these steps that are right before you, if he has something bigger that he's called you to, those little steps right in front of you prepare you and lead you to those bigger things where he, if he has it for you to do. Um, but like, I guess you're not going to wake up one day and go from doing nothing <laughs> to being <laughs> Billy Graham. <laughs> you know, there's, you gotta, you gotta take those steps that are in front of you and, and follow through on those things. Uh, and I think that that's really how a lot of times God prepares p- people for service and, and is the path that he chooses because sometimes even what you originally feel called to do is not the final line that's just okay step out and do and you may find as you're doing these things that god leads you in a different direction than what you thought was originally god's plan for you wow that's really good you know and and i think it's just that i think it is stepping out and doing it but i think it's stepping out and do what's in front of you and not necessarily be waiting for the big moment to come and then be like, okay, then I'm going to jump on board, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm, and I think I'm specifically talking about like having the goal to ask, to, to dream. And I think some, cause there are some people who are like dreamers in nature by nature. And sometimes they just, mm, you like, Yeah, I don't know how to word it except for like just having that vision, you know what I mean? That moment sometimes for some people that spark. Yeah, I don't know how to word it. Yeah, no, I I keep coming back to this, Pastor Mark, because you said it and it's just one of the things that stuck with me, how platforms elevate who you already are. That just like said a lot to me. So I think in one sense that's so important and so again if you're caught up in this question god what do you want or god what's your burden hey who are you now are you taking those steps like you were just saying pastor todd but and again in a bigger sense though um knowing kind of that dream or knowing your purpose in in god's you know design is also going to be motivation for the little things too so you like you said there's there's obviously both to those things and I feel like that's part of the answer to the other question I wanted to ask you guys, because I feel like that would be partially my answer is like my sense of purpose. Um, But, you know, he said the laborers are few. Pastor Jeff said the laborers are few. And why? Because harvesting is hard work. (laughs) And not that you guys have to go crazy deep or emotional, but like, you know, I did want to pull a little bit from your guys' experience. What is what does make it hard sometimes? Like, oh, so we're talking about the compassion and the motivation and uh, uh, you know, the burden and those things. But then, you know, then the rubber hits the road a little bit. What can make it hard? And then, you know, the flip side of like, well, then how do you keep going? I think we've already hit some of those answers, mm-hmm. but how would you answer that? You know, I, I think sometimes like life <laughs> makes it hard. Like the reality is sometimes when you're called to do stuff, you want to be at home on a Sunday. You want to sleep in. You want to, like the, the, those very practical things. Sometimes it's 
it, 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 it means discipline. Sometimes what makes it hard is, um, is, uh, having to die to self, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and realizing that it's not always about me and what I want and, and having to consider others. That's like anti-human. <laughs> you know what I mean? Our, our, our first aspect is always ourselves and to put that aside for when others are in need. Uh, I think sometimes it's when you feel empty. Yeah. You know, you've, you feel like I'm in need of something right now. I need God to touch me and move me. And if another person comes and needs something, I'm not sure I have anything to give to them. But yeah, I think sometimes even in those moments, people come and God, by grace, gives us even when we feel like we're lacking. Yeah. You know? Um, so I, I think... think uh, yeah, no. So being being empty, some of those right, your own just regular life or pleasures, like you have to say no to some of those things, right? Sleeping out, <laughs> like people may think pastors, uh, oh, you just can't wait for Sunday, like 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 <laughs> like. Hey, I would sleep in too, you know. Like it's not because. Uh, well, and, and you well, know of course what? I can't. Uh, of course, I'm excited for Sunday, but you know what I mean. I'm agreeing with yeah, you. Yeah, no, and I'll give yeah, you yeah. and I'll give you a straight up example. Like uh, one year for I think fourth for july fell like on a thursday or something like that and my family so like my brother my brother-in-law had to work on friday they only had off for fourth of july and so kind of his attitude was like oh let's just wait until saturday to celebrate fourth of july because i have to go back to work the next day Uh and i'm thinking like whenever we get together on saturday i have to go to work that's what i always do yeah (laughs) you know so it's that idea of like and some people are like well sunday is my only day to sleep in and and sometimes i'm like yeah no i get that i get that yeah you know those are some of the challenges but but on the other hand like and and it makes it hard because my weekend is like i don't have two days together for a weekend like a lot of people do you know my my day off i have a day off thursday and i have saturday uh, Sundays are not days off for me. They're they're work, and and to be honest, sometimes when you think to yourself like, uh, like when we've been on vacation and on a Sunday, you're like, so is this what it's like for the rest of the world? <laughs> That's how I felt for the pandemic. So like pre-recording services is what we did for a long time, and that was a lot of work. Don't get me wrong, but once it was done, it was done, and I'm like, oh, is this what it's like? And then even a few weeks ago, we did the snow day and. Uh, Spoiler, I don't know if people knew that that actually was pre-recorded as well. <laughs> but sleeping in Sunday, I was like, yo, like this is nice. <laughs> and it's but. and as much as those sound like petty things, I think it's the reality of sometimes sometimes man we're tired. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and sometimes sometimes I I I I I I'm weak and I'm and I'm empty and, and, and sometimes I, I I just I don't know. It, it's as much as sometimes we make the ministry look like a glamorous thing. And there is, there's definitely rewards for doing ministry. There's having a heart for other people. There's definitely rewards as you're helping people and you're, and you're seeing them as they're getting it and they're, they're, they're loving God. But at times like it's, it's, it is hard. It is hard. You know? Yeah. I think some of the things too, that make it hard, I guess for me personally, are just like, one, my issues, and then P- two, people and their issues. So um, you break it down in those two categories. Me and my issues have to do with, like, maybe um, my own sinful, like, whatever. Like, you know, my own sin issues sometimes are just like, uh, yeah, like what you're saying, I don't want to do this. Or, you know, I want to just, I'd rather, you know, do this than do that. Like, you know, one of the things that students want to do really, really bad is like a, a lock-in. I have no desire to do that. There is nothing inside of me that says... <laughs> Yes, please. I would love to do. See, but is that a your issue, or is it because you know it's there? Well, it's someone wait, else's wait. problem, and you're uh, like, I don't need that problem. No, and, and, that's and, my reason. And to be honest, and to be completely honest, probably it was easier for you to do that several years ago. Yeah, and well, there's the reality of sometimes as you age, it's hard to keep up. I do with not recover the same way that I used to recover back when I was back in my 20 i just don't like i don't recover the same so like yeah and so i don't know sometimes i'm like no i don't i, I don't have a desire to do that but it's like you know you would get a bunch of kids out they would have an amazing time they would have a great memory it would be like man that was such an awesome thing and my thing is just like i don't want to do that so i've kind of just put it on my leaders i'm like i've told the kids i'm like you want to you want to lock in if the leaders decide that they want to do it they'll be the ones that run it and that's fine so then now the kids are like 
leaders let's do it and they're all like <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. so i'm like hey man i'm just saying i don't recover the same but then you know some of that also too could be like like i said when i say my issues it's like this false understanding of what we're really actually signing up for like this idea that like ministry is about you get to do this and see lives change. Okay, well, not always, though. That's the, you know, that's the reality. Sometimes you're like a Jeremiah. You're preaching and you're teaching and you're doing these things for the Lord, and then some people just want nothing to do with it, or they flat out reject it, or you've been doing it long enough to see some of the students that come through your youth ministry make a different decision in life, turn to different things in life, and so you feel as if, like, you failed and you're not really, like, at this level, or maybe you don't have what it takes to, to you know, to be this level of youth pastor. I remember when I first started youth pastoring, one of the things I thought to myself was like, man, I want to be the best best youth pastor in the world. Like I want to be the best, number one top dog. And I learned really quick, like that's not even like a realistic goal. It's not even like a, like you can't even, there's no, there's no way. Like, you know, I wanted to be at every game. I wanted to do all of this stuff. I wanted to be the funniest. I wanted to have all the cool events. And then you learn, yeah, you're not really actually going to be that guy. Like, really ever like probably like there's going to be areas that you're not that guy in and so you got to just take that back seat but then also like i said people's and their issues like some of them are there because they just want to have fun they don't want to they don't care about what you're talking about in terms of the gospel they're like okay cool like jesus is cool for you but it may he may not be cool for me like it's there's you know these other elements that are at play here and so you know Ministry is not like reaching this echelon of being, you know, featured on, you know, preacher sneakers, like even though some people believe that and that's what they think. That's not the reality. So, yeah, it's hard work. There are disappointments. There are great rewards, sometimes some lasting fruit and lasting friendships, and then sometimes some not so great fruit. And some of that fruit that is not so great is the result of your decisions or the result of their decisions. And that doesn't know. And sometimes that that that. It plays a role, you know, so it makes it hard. And even when change comes, sometimes change in people's lives is slow, too. And you got to have patience for that, too. You know, so all those things are. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, what something I realized. Wait, what do I want to say? Paul also experienced this as well. So, you know, when you come to the hard work of ministry, yeah, people making a different decision, sometimes maybe feeling betrayed or hurt by somebody. You realize that in the New Testament, Paul talks about the same thing. So I'm like, okay, well, all right, you're in good company. That should mean you're doing a couple things right because Paul had the same thing and he's like the guy. But I would also add, I think everything you guys are saying, good. The other thing I would add that can sometimes make it hard is the, you know, criticism. I think Mm -hmm. if you've never led anything in any way, you've probably not been criticized. But like if you've done anything at all, if you've served by helping hand pamphlets out, and any any just a half step up is like now you all of a sudden get criticism you and get you've criticized. probably done it wrong. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't you didn't do it right. And so like I think that makes it hard. And actually, so it's easier to not step up. It's easier to not again have a burden for people uh, or whatever. And actually, Pastor Jamal is stepping away. So thank you for your time, Pastor Jamal. Just want to make sure we give you the shout out. So, but he he's got to go. Uh, just just wanted him to know that we were gonna give him yeah, the shout yeah, out. Yeah. So. But uh, but yeah, I think I think that makes it hard as well. And I remember this like it, this may sound a little sillier, but like when I first started in youth ministry, I was still in college, so mm-hmm. I was like a punk. But anyway, I had these teenagers, and I remember in youth group always criticizing my youth pastor. He'd say one thing, and we'd all be like, "Why, blah blah blah," you know, whine. Now mm-hmm. I never once thought about that until okay, all of a sudden, all the students are doing that to me. And I was like, I've never felt this in my whole life. Like, I said we were going to McDonald's. Like, why is this, you know. <laughs> why is everybody mad at me? I yeah. thought you liked McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. And well, so, you didn't ask me right. <laughs> yeah. I said I'd pay for it. Like, it's like, <laughs> I'm driving you. Like, you know. So, like, just the the, the criticism, like, that, and that's silly. Yeah. So, like, you know, when it gets more serious, like, that, that's hard. You know, it's hard yeah, with people disagreeing or I don't, I, you have to understand this or whatever. That can make it tough as well yeah i mean i mean if you think about it like sometimes like i think about um this the challenges of being a person and then now you're having those same challenges plus you have the challenges of being a leader added on top of those things uh and it just it it is challenging 
and um, that doesn't mean it's not worth it, and that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you should be like, okay, well, if that's all the case, then I don't want to have compassion for people. That is that is the the reality of ministry. Ministry is is a wonderful thing, but ministry is a lot of work. But if you think about ultimately the rewards of that, and, and I'm not even talking about earthly rewards. Yeah, that was my question. Is you know when when these we're talking about all these things that make it hard. Yeah. You know what are how do you continue to move on or how do you continue to you know function whatever. Yeah, I I, I think part of it is. Um, think about eternal rewards not just for myself but for that person too yes you know like it can be easy like well this is going to be another jewel in my crown you know what i mean but i mean we're going to throw them back at jesus so does that matter that much yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean or it doesn't matter now that that person might have a chance to experience like healing yeah might have a chance for themselves to experience being before the throne of jesus and and things being right in their lives. Just like when they were like, you know, someday everything's going to be right, you know, and it'll be no more suffering, no more pain. And how that, it's not just about us, it's about others too, mm -hmm. you know. Absolutely, yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, even, again, we'll talk about missions and missions experience. You know, again, one of the highlights for me, this is just a cool experience. I'm in Costa Rica, that's right, it was Costa Rica. My first trip, I brought one student with me from my youth group, and he had been, wanted to go on a mission trip for a while and i had actually given the altar call uh in english i mean you know <clears throat> somebody just translated for me but i had given the altar call we we're in a school so then i go to pray for some students and i, I like my role is a little more like coach you know kind of just being strategic and mm -hmm. telling the students to do it but you know this time i was really involved and i'm praying for some students and uh I opened my eyes and like my youth pastor was there on that trip. So I see like Ken praying for some students. I was praying for some students. And then one of my students was praying for somebody and it was like, it was really cool. It was a really cool experience. Mm. So when you think of those things that are hard and frustrating, you do have these moments, you know, when you know that God is using somebody and he used you to use that somebody. Or however he, you know, I was part of the equation somewhere and now I see this person. It's beyond me. It doesn't have to right. do with me. Right. There, but I see that, wow, now they're living for God. Like, it's amazing. And I, I, I actually was telling Rebecca this the other day. My professor, my pastoral ministry in class, uh, pastoral ministry and practice class, you know, he just always given you the, the grimmer side. And like, mm -hmm. <laughs> can I say this? It's a podcast. He said, he said, uh, in ministry... <laughs> Never mind. Actually, I won't say. It. <laughs> but he'd be like, "You see, you see rough stuff sometimes in ministry, yeah. and it's hard." Yeah. And then he said, "So one time he was really going, and I finally, and I was not challenging him. I was being honest. I raised my hand. I was like, Doctor Hall, like, I mean, do you have any good stories? Like, from, <laughs> like you know, are there any like benefits? Would you say like?" And he was like, "Oh, Matt, of course." And then he, the rest of the class. He talked about this person and that person, and it was so cool how God moved, and that was like great because I think he was trying to give us some real life. Hey, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. always sunshine and rainbows, but but he lit up, and then the rest of the class just talked about all these great stories of people that he loved and and God yeah. moved, and it was great, you know. Yeah. So yeah, and, and and the point of talking about all those things is not to discourage, but actually to encourage that. Hey, if you feel like you know you have a heart for ministry, if you have a heart. Um, for reaching the lost, it's not always going to be easy. Yes, but it's worth it. Yes, yeah. yes, and yeah. Uh, yeah, wherever you find yourself, I know we kind of took a ministry turn here, but that's because yeah. that's our context, which is what I did want to do. I wanted to talk about you guys and us, where we're at. But wherever you are at, um, God wants to use you where you are, and He can, if He hasn't already, given you a burden. Mm -hmm. I like what you said, Pastor Todd, that it, it can even shift a little over time, you know, but, um, that God wants to use you where you're at. Uh, and then, you know, the reality is it is hard sometimes, but I, I love what Pastor Jeff said at the end, you know, he said, may we never lose sight that God's heartbeat is always for souls. And I think that also is a motivating factor in those tough times as well. You know, this is God's heartbeat. Yeah. And so it, it must be my heartbeat as well. Yeah. Like, if you want to be like Jesus, that's part of it. Yes. Yeah.
Well, I know the missionaries came to kids' church, um, and they, they were funny, man. I went out to lunch with them. They were pretty funny, but you were saying they, they were, were they, they didn't scare the kids, right? They, no, no, no. <laughs> they didn't scare the kids. Cause, so in BGMC every month, a big thing that we talk about, because it's so easy to relate to, is the kind of food that different countries eat. Um, and BGMC always always includes pictures of different foods, and uh, and so the kids are used to the idea of like weird or strange, weird for them and strange foods. And I always try to say to them, yeah, but maybe they think what you eat is weird. You know, they try to help <laughs> yeah, them understand yeah, that yeah. like it, we're not the ones who are have the have the the standard for what food. So the missionaries um, when they came over to speak. They were talking, and then they put up a picture on the screen of their daughter, who is fifth grade, I think, holding a guinea pig. Uh-huh. And then he's like, how many of you have guinea pigs? And so some of the kids raised their hands, and you know, the kids were like, oh, I have a pet. Oh, I do, you know, whatever. And then the next picture <laughs> was of his daughter eating what the kids thought was chicken fingers. Oh, no. <laughs> it was not chicken fingers. <laughs> It was guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Wait, was it the same guinea pig she took the picture with? I think it might. Oh my god! He said that picture was taken in the same day of her holding it and then her eating oh, it. Oh man! It's like when you pick a lobster out, but it's a guinea yeah, pig. Yeah, he said he actually said that next to the church, the one church where they were working, next door they had a guinea pig farm that they were raising the guinea pigs for food. Wow! <laughs> so he said, and it, so. Well, so they're in Bolivia, right? So they're yeah, Bolivia. Okay. So when I was in Colombia, we went to a restaurant, and uh, the missionary Brian had told me we could order guinea pig there. <laughs> the, the student I was with almost did. I was like, I'm not eating that with you. But he said it's actually like, I guess like a delicacy. But it, it, as you get more south in South America, like it, it's more common you're going to see that. Right, and that's what he said. He said it's 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 not like. People eat that all the time. Yeah, yeah. But not it's not uncommon. Yeah, you, you know. So it's maybe not delicacy, but right. Yeah, like that understanding. Yeah. So one of the things he said. Well, he said two things. So one of the things he said to the kids is, "Oh, for those of you who have guinea pigs, don't invite us over for dinner because we might eat your guinea pig." <laughs> um, and the second thing he said, which I thought was funny, is he goes, "You know what? With all this COVID stuff, like I don't wear mind wearing the mask because I, I have a bit of a thing about germs." He goes, you know, like people germs. He yeah. goes, but as being a missionary, I've eaten like grubs and I've eaten bugs and all that. And he's like, I have no problem with that. <laughs> yeah. I'll put the dirty bug in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just yeah, don't yeah. breathe on me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I, I think that's just one of the things, you know, and I said earlier in the podcast, like, like America was God knew I needed to be in America. Uh, and I think that's one of the things like, I don't know, I guess if I grew up there, I could eat it, but whatever. But, um, but it was just this fun moment where the kids were really loved it. And then, and then just as a side note, he did show me a picture later. Like a lot of times they'll, they'll make the guinea pig look like chicken fingers, like not on purpose. It's just how they cook it. Yeah. Uh, but then, he, but then he showed me a picture of a whole fried guinea pig. That would have scared the kids because that scared me a little <laughs> yeah. bit. I'm like, people eat that? Ooh. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, the joys of missionaries, but the kids loved it. In fact, I think what was so exciting is that there were two kids, because uh, I had announced, you know, for the last two weeks, I think that the missionary is going to be with us. And one, one of the kids came in and goes, There's a mi-. Oh, um, one of the parents told me, Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he's just been, she, she's been talking about how today's there's a missionary, today's there's a missionary, like a little, little guy. And so they were excited to come in. And then when I saw, um, well, I saw another family walking by the, the sanctuary on their way to the kids' church, because uh, I was in service at the beginning so I could grab the missionaries when it was time and I went out to say hi and he said there's a missionary today there's a missionary today <laughs> so so they were genuinely excited That's about awesome. talking to a real life missionary yeah uh, whether they eat guinea pigs or not <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. what I mean so it was really it was really we had a great time Sunday with them here so it was really beneficial to the kids it was good it was good that's great yeah and um, you know again all month long we have missionaries so I know uh, I think t- one or two couples will be with the youth i believe or no one yeah garrett and tara kenyon are coming to youth. garrett and tara kenyon yes they're coming to youth i think in two weeks yes and i actually have it it is actually all on the website if you check it out but also um 
the Wednesday night Bible study again Sundays of course uh, young adults have a missionary they're eating with right yep yeah Brian and Raquel who I've gotten to know which uh, so that'll be fun so so yeah all month long we got great stuff and again this Sunday is Wings in a Prayer so uh, March 14th so if you're listening before then we would love for you to go uh, be part of it if you want to sponsor Pastor Todd who's the only one on the microphone right now so maybe <laughs> so sponsor me BGMC sponsor Woo! Todd, he can, you know, a little <laughs> shout out for that but uh, you can you, you know you can sign up uh, I guess I'm sure probably when you go you still be open we, but yeah I mean, you can you can give right up and you can either give per wing we're gonna eat 10 wings yeah each one getting progressively hotter so you can sponsor us per wing to kind of serve as motivation to keep going yeah as yep. it gets hot yep or if you're like, I just want to give twenty bucks, then you know you can just give the the the, the set twenty bucks, um, and uh, we'll have the names and the Scoville scale, which is the measurement of how spicy it is, so you can see yes. that. Yeah, yeah. We'll be streaming live, so if you can't necessarily come, uh, to be honest, it's more helpful to me, and I'm sure for Pastor Jamal to have you there cheering us on doing it. Yeah. Um, but if if not and you can't come out or driving at night is hard for you, we are going to stream it. Um, so you can go to Freehold AG. No, Facebook.com slash Freehold AG slash live. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's okay. that's where you can go. So and again, you can sign up online to sponsor, yep. which is I think what I'm going to do. But uh, FreeholdAG.com slash missions. That's where you can sponsor them, too. So. Uh, anyway, everybody, it's been fun. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, this is Pastor Todd. Pastor Matt, and we'll see you next time. Bye.